Welcome aboard Imagination Skyway, your grand podcast tour of the magic. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and in today's episode, we are going to recap everything that we learned, what we saw and heard at Destination D23 in Walt Disney World earlier this month. It's one of my favorite events and one of my favorite times of year when Disney fans get together at a D23 event, whether it's Destination D23 in Orlando or the D23 Expo in Anaheim. Although that's going to be changing next year, and we'll talk a little bit about that in this episode. But it's always a great opportunity to come together and celebrate our Disney fandom and hear a little bit more about what we can expect, including usually some surprises in the years ahead, whether those are announcements from the Disney parks or the Disney films and beyond. Plus, if you are attending in person, there's always a lot more that Disney shares, and I personally love even those smaller panels where we get to hear from select Imagineers, animators, and other talented individuals as they share some stories and unveil a little bit more detail about some of the projects that are currently being developed or some previous projects that we have come to adore as Disney fans. In this episode, of course, we're going to recap what we learned, and I do want to give a special thank you out to the Disney team and to D23 for inviting me to attend this event as part of the media. For me personally, it really was a dream come true, incredibly humbling, and has inspired me to continue to work as hard as possible for all of you listening to deliver the best content and updates that I possibly can. At the end of the show, we'll return to Imagination Central, where I'll share ways in which you can stay connected with Imagination Skyway, how you can discuss this topic with other members of our listener community, and how you can help to support and inspire the future of this show. Please remain seated, keep your hands and arms inside the podcast at all times, and enjoy your grand circle tour aboard Imagination Skyway. So this month, we had the Destination D23 event in Walt Disney World. It's an event I always look forward to every year. And I think this year, Disney raised the bar when it came to giving us even more than they traditionally give at a Destination D23 event. We can talk a little bit about the differences even between Destination D23 and D23 Expo, which also is going to lead to another announcement in our conversation today. But to do this and to sort of recap our conversation, I didn't want to do this alone. And so I have a new guest on the show who I hope a lot of you already know. But if you don't, you're going to get to know her a little bit better today. And my guest is Serena from Living by Disney. How are you, Serena? Hi, I'm great. I'm so excited to be here today and talk about this awesome news we got. I'm excited to chat about it with you as well. I think we'll probably start by talking about you just in case people don't already follow you. And if they don't, I hope they will after our discussion today, because you really do have such a great, especially Instagram channel. 
You also have a, a great new podcast that I've been listening to a few episodes when I get the chance here and there. And you really do have some great content that you share through that channel. But I'd love to learn a little bit. I know you have other things going on as well. Um, but I'd love if you could sort of introduce yourself to anyone who might not know you and your journey starting and running Living by Disney. Yeah. So I started Living by Disney when I moved from Virginia to Orlando. And it kind of started as sharing information about relocating here. Um, just it was kind of just a cathartic thing, honestly, for me to write and talk about the moving process because it was so stressful. And I also just wanted to share a lot of the information that I hadn't found about living and moving like where Disney is, because there was a lot of information about moving to Orlando as in the city, but not as much about moving to the areas and suburbs surrounding uh, Disney World's property. And I also thought it would be interesting, like big Disney fan moves next door to Disney World. What does that look like? Like, how does that change? You know, how how much she loves it or whatever. And uh, so that's how I started it. And then in the process of over the years, just being at the parks a lot, I just started sharing information as we all do, like when you go to Disney a lot and you're you're riding in the monorail and you hear somebody say, hey, so after this, why don't we just take the monorail over to Animal Kingdom? And you just feel <laughs> compelled to insert yourself and be like, I'm so sorry. Before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, I, I just I have to just share this information with you that, you know, it's going to help you right now. And so I just started doing that and realizing, while wow, there's really like a need for this just sort of practical information, like not just the the latest cupcake at Magic Kingdom, but just like the, how do you start your day? How does the transportation work? Where should you stay? How does Genie work? Well, back then it was fast passes. That was a little bit easier. Now we're getting into the Genie stuff, but you know, just the, the real practical, hands-on logistical stuff that people need when they're planning their trips. And that's sort of been my bread and butter since I've just sort of leaned hard into that and developed it into a business. And, and now it's just, it's, I mean, it's what I love to do. I mean, every Disney fan just loves to talk about Disney world, right? That's just like, <laughs> it's like the best thing ever. So uh, that's what, what I've done. And I've been able to, to hire some people and expand past social medias and websites and now doing the podcast, which is so much fun. I've always been a huge podcast fan. So it's really neat to have that outlet and YouTube and stuff. So yeah, we're just having fun kind of just talking about Disney and sharing all the information we get living close by and being able to go all the time. Yeah, definitely a dream come true. That monorail story, by the way, literally happened to me this past trip. I was riding the <laughs> really? monorail and a guest said something. They were pointing out a building off in the distance and they said, I think that's downtown Orlando over there. And I said, actually, that's the Four Seasons. <laughs> downtown Orlando is that way. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's hard as Disney fans not to interject when we hear something. It's yeah. definitely the case for me. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of things, too, that like if you don't know can really affect your trip. You know, like the person that's like just walking up to the castle, like, you know, I want to eat inside the castle. And the person's like, cool. Did you book it months ago? You know, <laughs> like just exactly. those types of things that I I want everybody to have such a good experience. It's just important to me. It's our job to share as much knowledge as we can as Disney fans with others who <laughs> might not know as much as we do or who want to have a better experience. It's it's certainly our responsibility to carry on that knowledge to the best of our ability. I agree. Um, 
Well, let's talk about your fandom a little bit. I like to ask my new guest rapid fire questions. I'm going to go with the traditional ones today because this is Destination D23. So we're just talking <laughs> about general Disney fandom. I want to start by asking if you have a favorite Disney park. Magic Kingdom, for sure. For me, I'm very much classic Disney, like old school classic Disney. And so, yeah, that one just feels the most Disney to me. When I was visiting as when I didn't live here and I would visit on vacation, I had to start with Magic Kingdom and end with Magic Kingdom. That was just like a a, a thing I felt strong about. Yeah, I've, I've, it's hard not to love the Magic Kingdom. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely, it's a park that fills me with joy every time I walk in there as well. And there's just that sense of adventure, which land do I go to? What am I feeling like riding today or seeing or eating? It's just a really classic park to your point. Um, when it comes to staying on property, so I know you have a home that's easily accessible, <laughs> but if you do stay on property, do you have a favorite Disney resort? Probably the Polynesian, mainly because- I had because a feeling you were going to say I, that because I remembered your posts lately about yes. Polynesian. <laughs> <laughs> I have such a soft spot for that, mainly because when we first started coming after we had children, which just took my Disney love to a, like a whole new level, as I'm oh, sure yeah. you can appreciate mm-hmm. now, right? Bringing Maggie. I just- we stayed there at the Polynesian for the first time I ever brought my son. And that trip to me is just, it's just like the most precious memories I have. And it's super nostalgic for me. So ever since that point, the Polynesian to me has just been it, you know, and I, I love, I love the vibe and I love the proximity and it's close to my favorite park and, and all of that, but mostly it's the nostalgia for me. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful resort to visit, to stay at. So I'm right there with you. Um, last one that's park-related. Favorite Disney attraction? Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> it's the hardest question I'm asked, too. So yeah. I understand the struggle. Yeah, you can pick. It, uh, this is how I make it easier. Favorite classic and favorite modern. Oh, perfect. Okay, so favorite classic is Carousel of Progress. I, We all have our things, right? So like we're going to talk about country bear news, right? So for Mm -hmm. me, country bears is a take it or leave it thing. Like I love that people love it. If you want to change it, I'm fine with it. Carousel of progress to me, like if they start talking about making any updates or changes, I will be upset. Like I will be like, (laughs) no, 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 no. Don't touch it. It's perfect the way it is. You know? So I, I understand everybody has their things and that's mine. I love that attraction to me. It just feels like the most comforting nostalgic i i just i love everything about it um new attraction has to be guardians uh cosmic rewind to me is just about as like from imagineering standpoint i feel it's just about as perfect as an as an attraction can be it's it's got every single element you would want in a thrill ride it's just it's it's so much fun it feels like a great time you've got the music you've got the guardians humor you've got the thrill aspects it it runs really solid it's smooth it's just like it's a long experience i mean there's just there's i have no notes on that on that attraction well then here's a here's a quick follow-up favorite soundtrack to that attraction oh okay so for me it's probably everyone wants to rule the world or everybody wants to rule the world i i don't know why but i think it's because i had that one the first time i wrote it when we went to the media event and and i we wrote it i think i think i had to write it about 18 times to get every song Oh, which wow. of course I'm going to do because yeah, that's, you know, I'm committed. <laughs> um, but yeah, probably that. What's your favorite? 
I can't ride it. I get motion sick. But oh, if gotcha. I had to pick one, it would probably be September. Oh, September's so good too. Yeah. No, that ride is a is a tricky one. It gets a it gets to a lot of people. <laughs> it's extreme on the motion sickness scale. It really um, is. So it's, it really it's is. not something I can comfortably do. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I get you. But having the chance to talk to some Imagineers about it and learn more about it and walk through it. I always love walking through the queue and doing the pre-shows with my family and then just yeah. sort of ducking out when it uh, gets to the load area. <laughs> yep. Um so I and of course I've watched videos countless times of the attraction. So it looks God, like so a good. magnificent ride. Yeah. Um last one, favorite Disney movie. Favorite Disney movie of all time is Peter Pan for me. I've had one other person say that before. It's a yeah. very classic Disney. It, it was a very a, a pivotal time in Disney history too. There was a lot that happened in the fifties, some really fantastic growth when it came to animated films in particular. So Peter yeah. Pan's a real classic. I just love, it has everything to me. It has the beautiful city of London. I love the animation. The, the flying scene is just the most classic piece of animation to me. You've got fairies and pixie dust and pirates and adventure. It's just, to me, it has all the elements of, that I love of, of the Disney brand as a whole. Yeah, it's a great pick. So let's, now that we know a little bit more about you, talk about <laughs> Destination D23, because there is a yes. lot to cover. Yes. And I'm thinking about this episode as a three-course meal in a way. We're going to start mm -hmm. with our appetizer, which is a little bit out of order. We're going to start with the studio showcase, because I feel like that is the appetizer to the entree, which is the Disney Parks panel. That's where we have, when I actually sort of bulleted out the notes in the, the mm -hmm. news, um, where the most news came from was the Disney Parks panel. So we are going to do it a little bit in reverse. Um, yeah. And then we're going to finish off with dessert, which is going to be talking about some of the D23 events that they teased for the future, especially, of course, with yes. what's going to happen with D23 Expo. We can chat about that as well. Yeah. Um, now, I know. So I was there in person. I know that you live streamed the event this year. I have done that in the past as well. Then when there were years when I couldn't attend, I was always live streaming um, or sorry, watching the live stream when I could from home. Yeah. Um, so that'll also, I think, give us interesting differences in perspective from yeah. being in the room versus being at home, um, which I think is important because a lot of Disney fans, I'd say most Disney fans who watched the event were at home, um, just given the small size of destination d23 um, yeah definitely it was kind of crazy like we had just gotten back from italy i was watching it on the stream and that's the first time i'd ever done the stream like that for the destination d23 and it was very interesting seeing the chat you know and sort of getting like the collective like response in yes. real time that was that was very enlightening yeah, it's worth experiencing both at some point just to get that yeah. difference in perspective because they are different experiences for sure. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's go to the studio showcase. They really didn't share all that that was entirely new. And this is, I think, a, a common misconception about Destination D23. And Serena, I don't know if you've seen this or experienced the same thing in the Disney fan community, but... Um, you know, Disney fans often think that there is a D23 Expo every year. There's one in Orlando and there's one in Anaheim. Mm -hmm. But really, there is a D23 Expo in Anaheim every other year, which I consider to be the keynote, the major yeah. announcements. Because especially when you're talking about parks, you're not, this is not 
Apple, where you're going to have yeah. a, a new iPhone every single year, something major to announce. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a select number of products they're developing. Disney parks are expansive, um, so mm -hmm. and they take time to develop. So really, every two years is where you're going to get major announcements. And Destination D23 is the check-in to talk about mm -hmm. news that has already been announced and the updates to those. But again, like a lot of Disney fans assume that D23, major announcements. Destination D23, major announcements. But it's usually not the case. Do you find mm -hmm. the same misconceptions in your community or um, do you find a lot of fans know the difference between the two? No, I think definitely for sure. And I think Disney fans, especially Parks fans, okay? I, I feel like Parks fans are probably the most... Um, coming in with the highest expectations right? yes, of course. <laughs> in terms of, you know, what we want. Right. And of course, it's easy to forget sometimes that Disney is a global company and they have, even if you just focus in on the parks aspect, which is only one piece of their entire company, even if you just do that, they have global parks. Right. So there and there's certain time periods where certain parks around the globe are getting more of the focus than others. And so we we always tend to focus on the domestic parks because that's where that's we where live. We, are. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we tend to be very, you know, like in our little bubble of like, but what about us? You know? And and they're talking about these massive projects overseas and we're like, okay, cool, but what about us? So yeah, it's very easy to get get confused about that. And also just like I I, I totally agree with your description. Like the expo in Anaheim that's the big one. That's the global one. That's the one where everyone is coming from all over and every huge media outlet. And it's just, it's a really big deal. And that's where you get the Marvel and the Star Wars and the, you know, the Lucasfilm and, and all of that kind of come in. Yeah. Um, I always like Destination D23 because of its intimacy and the fact that you have the opportunity to literally see every part of it um, because mm -hmm. it's not spread among different rooms but you have just one conference room everything happens in that one conference room everyone who has a ticket is guaranteed a seat in that conference room um so it's it's not quite as um uh stressful difficult to see everything <laughs> yeah stressful i guess but not as difficult to see everything like you literally cannot see everything at d23 expo no. destination d23 you can see it all. Um, you spend one weekend at Walt Disney World at Disney's Contemporary Resort. It's a very enjoyable experience. You can just walk over to Magic Kingdom when it's done mm -hmm. or hop on the monorail to Epcot, take the bus somewhere else. It's it's just a great experience. Um, so I don't think the studio showcase will take us too long because there wasn't too much, again, that was announced. There's a couple of things I did want to mention about mm -hmm. being there in person. And I'm going to go a little bit out of order. But the first thing that I want to talk about was uh, the Haunted Mansion film. Um, we knew that was already in theaters, and that's coming to Disney Plus in Blu-ray October 4th. I have not seen it in person uh, in theaters because I, I say this a lot nowadays. With a 20-month-old at home, I just don't get to the movies anymore. I There's two exceptions I've made where I've had Joanna watch Maggie because there were two things I really wanted to see specifically in theaters um, mm -hmm. just because of the experience of seeing it in a theater. Um, otherwise, I just kind of wait. So I'm really excited to see Haunted Mansion when it does come to Disney+. Plus. Have you seen the movie? I have not. I, so I we're gonna like, both seriously be in have anticipation. No, I know. I seriously <laughs> have no excuse. And I, I kind of feel like that's maybe... A, a reflection of, I don't know where they, they may have missed the mark a little in their marketing of this movie because we're big Disney fans. 
we didn't feel the need to like see it in the theater. Right. And I think they've sort of trained us in the last couple of years. We know everything's coming to Disney plus. So it's kind of like, I'll see it then, you know? Yeah. Well, I did see Avatar in theaters. That was the one of two mm -hmm. exceptions I made because I needed to see that in the theater for the visual effects. Absolutely. I did it. as well. Yeah. Um, well, the other one that's coming to Disney Plus very soon, not a film, but a show, is season two of Loki. Um, uh, yes. We did get a sneak peek of it at Destination G23, which I will not talk about. It did look really good. Um, and I loved season one. So I'm Me very too. excited for season two. Oh, I'm so excited for this. I love the expanded cast and I loved the first season. I felt like of all the Disney Plus shows that Marvel's done, and it's, there's been a ton of them and there's so many good ones, but Loki really felt like it really delved into the storyline of the MCU. Like it really pushed the needle forward in terms of the storyline. So I'm really excited to see what they do with the next season. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the footage that we saw was the first, let's say, three to five minutes of the first episode. Mm -hmm. And it starts off strong. So I am oh. I'm very excited for everybody to yeah. see it. It looks really good. And that's um, soon, right? I think that's next month it comes October out. October 6th. Yeah. Yeah. That's just by the time this airs, it's going to be like a couple of weeks away. So, oh, it's, so it's coming up really soon. Cue it up on Disney Plus. I, I really cannot wait. Um and then really just on the on the they, they talked a little bit, they they dove a little bit more into Ahsoka. Admittedly, I haven't had the chance to watch Ahsoka yet, and I'm regretting that a little bit because it seems <laughs> like everyone has a really a lot of great things to say about it. Um I've liked Serena, are it. you a Star Wars fan? I am. I am okay. a huge, huge one. And um I've really enjoyed Ahsoka. I felt like it uh started a bit slow. So the first two to three episodes, I was kind of like <laughs> It's, it's good. Let's see where they take it, you know, and then by episode four and five, they just did the fifth one. So and I think there's eight or something. Yeah. So there's a couple more still to come. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of it's hitting its stride. I always think it's hard with shows because they don't have that much time. They're yeah. delving into these brand new characters. Right. You, you know, if unless you watched the Clone Wars and Rebels, they're they Ahsoka is going to be a brand new character for a lot of viewers. So you're kind of have, you have to set a baseline, right? With like the entire, you know, cast and then go from there. So they always take some time to sort of warm up into that. Yeah. I think part of the thing, so this is, I'm going to admit as a Disney fan, a, a kind of um, something to be, I guess, a, a, ashamed of is I have never watched Clone Wars <laughs> and I, I, I have either. heard such amazing things about it. And I feel like I, I really need to watch it to appreciate and understand Ahsoka. So my first yeah. step is to go back and it's going to take me a while <laughs> with, my, yeah. with my schedule, but to go back and watch Clone Wars or maybe I'll watch Ahsoka and then treat Clone Wars as a as a prequel to Ahsoka. Perhaps yeah. I'll do it that way just to save myself some time um, and not have to wait <laughs> too long to watch this series. But uh, there's some Ahsoka coming to the parks, too, which we'll talk about in the yeah. park section of our discussion. Um, but I'm I'm happy that they shared a little bit more about that. And the main two pieces that they shared on the Disney front were First Wish, which is something they have talked about since last year coming. I'm pretty sure November 22nd to theaters I actually didn't write this down mm -hmm. but i do remember november 22nd um I, have you seen serena anything with wish yeah. yeah yeah i'm i'm really excited about it honestly i feel like this is the return to mm -hmm. the disney 
film format that we all love that we grew up on it felt immediately familiar in some way like you know you just kind of had this sense of what the story was going to be about and in a good way you know it just we go to I mean Disney films and fairy tales as a whole are beloved because there's a format that we love and there's a protagonist and a journey and a struggle and a happy ending and all of those things and it really, I, I think that every trailer and, and bit of it that I've seen gets me really excited for this film. I think it's going to be really, really good. Yeah, they gave us a 10-minute preview of Wish at Destination D23, which included two songs in that 10 minutes. The animation and the story, the little glimpse, the, just a little sample we got of the story and the songs I do think this is going to be a memorable film that people are going to want to go back and watch. I think casting Ariana DeBose as Asha was a really brilliant choice. Um, she really uh, struck me um, in the film when I was watching the the quick little preview. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of a lot of fans uh, or a lot of people are going to become fans of Asha, mm -hmm. um, and especially because of the way Ariana DeBose is portraying her um mm -hmm. chris pine and alan tudyuk in this Ooh. movie as well both yes. great casting choices um Definitely. Alan, alan tudyuk in particular um if you love alan tudyuk you're gonna really love him in this film from the 10 minutes that we saw it combines a lot of different talents that he has so i'll just nice. leave it at that but something really worth seeing and then the other piece that they shared the full thing with us and you might have seen it being discussed if you've been following Destination D23 footage is they showed us the full short Once Upon a Studio. Mm -hmm. um, they did not specifically announce when this was going to air. I Okay. I was, I was just going to ask you that because I haven't heard that yet. So my assumption, because they didn't announce it, is that this is going to be the short before Wish. Okay. Um, because it is the 100th anniversary film, and this was described as the 100th anniversary short. So I just sort of put two and two together in my head. They yeah. didn't say coming to Disney Plus. They they just said here's the next Disney short. So my okay. my interpretation, my prediction, or my hypothesis is that anyone who goes to see Disney Wish in theaters is going to see Once Upon a Studio. And all I have to say is that Once Upon the Studio is in itself worth the price of admission to go mm. and see. It is lit. I mean, literally, if you've ever, I I've, I'm getting goosebumps. Literally getting goosebumps <laughs> right now. I have never seen a group of Disney fans like, and we've both been to D23 Expo. We know mm -hmm. how electric that event gets. Mm -hmm. I have never seen a collective group of Disney fans have that emotional connection collectively mm -hmm. in one room at the same time to the point where literally it's the only time I've seen a standing ovation at one of these fan events, um, Disney related at least. So literally the entire room when it was done stood and gave a full minute standing ovation. We were all crying, applauding, thanking it if you're like for a disney fan there are mm -hmm. so many deep cuts and it 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 totally hits disney fans right in the feels um oh, so worth that. the price of admission just to see that just to see it when it airs because it's it's so good um 10 minutes that will make you cry it's just yeah. fantastic cannot I say enough that. positive things about that short i'm um, so glad that to hear that too because the shorts used to be something that you would look forward to before mm -hmm. the movies, right? And they always would get a really emotional hit in such a short time. I mean, I think yeah. about the lava, the lava you or oh, lava. Remember yeah. that one? Yep. 
Like and and the bow. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Don't even get me started on like they. Paperman in front of Rex yes. Ralph. Yeah. Uh, the little Piper Bird. I mean, they they just they do they like you're you are drawn in so quickly and you care about a character in like 30 seconds it's amazing it just it always really illustrates the power of animation yeah i I don't want to give away specifics of this but please if you're a disney fan you will not be disappointed with this short it is incredible that's Um, so cool so is there anything i missed with the studio showcase in terms of news or i think because those are the major pieces that I put on my list. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I wanted this to be our appetizer to sort of warm us (laughs) up for the parks because the parks is where I think most of the listeners of this show are the most interested in hearing our thoughts. And certainly for me, the showcase that I was the most excited about, and it was the first. So unlike D23 last year, I had to wait for the last day for the parks. This sort of kicked it off for us. Um, So I'm thinking we go in order of I actually do have the news in front of me from Destination D23, the official Disney Parks blog, mm-hmm. uh, Disney Parks blog updates. Um, and I want to go from number one to number 20 in order because um, it does actually number 19 is the big one. So it, it does. Um, maybe we'll maybe we'll switch off 19 and 20 real quick. But um, we spoke about Ahsoka before, which makes a good transition into the parks announcements. So the first mm-hmm. thing they announced was that Ahsoka is going to become part of Star Tours at the Disneyland Resort, Disneyland Paris, and Walt Disney World, of course, at Disney's Hollywood Studios next spring. I haven't seen the show. So from your <laughs> perspective, Serena, how are you feeling about Ahsoka being a part of Star Tours? Oh, I think that's great. I think that's great. Ahsoka has a, a similar feel as Mandalorian. So that's kind of the the mood of the show. Yeah. And th- it's, it's something that I don't think Star Tours has had yet. Like that's sort of, I don't even know how to describe it, but there's a different tone to those shows than some of the other Star Wars films. So I'm kind of thinking it would be really neat to see that come into play and maybe not just like inserting a character. But even if it is just a character, I, I mean, Star Tours has been around a long time and I always love when we see classic attractions given some love, you know, that when they continue to invest in them and put, you know, new things and updates and new technology and stuff that just shows that this is something that, you know, they still care about. Someone's still paying attention and making this a good quality attraction for guests. And it's also something that, you know, you can easily go to Star Tours. I mean, Hollywood Studios is a tough park. Like all of the big things require either a genie or a long wait or a really good strategy, right? So it's nice to see things that are still being worked on and updated, but they're like easy things to do, kind of easy to walk in and the lines aren't super long. So logistically, it's nice to see. Yeah, Star Tours is definitely one of those classics that I love keeps getting this love. And it has one of the most rewritability factors of any oh, Disney yeah. attraction. In fact, my cousins who are big Star Wars fans and adore Star Tours, they have between the two of them a running list of every combination they've ever gotten on Star really? Tours Adventure Continues. And it's a long list. Yeah. So you and that includes the the add-ons for uh, the characters that appear mm-hmm. in the attraction, the order of the planets and the planets that you visit. So when you add new opportunities like this, it makes that rewritability even more expansive. So Definitely. if you're a Star Wars fan, you're right. And this does this is different than the classic 
Star Wars feel. If it's like mm-hmm. Mandalorian, then yes, it's definitely going to give a different vibe than mm-hmm. the other parts of Star Tours historically. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm excited. Again, I, I love Star Tours, so any new Star Wars is good. I mean, I would love if we would get Ahsoka like Disneyland had. Yes, but, like you know, Edge. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll be patient. Maybe we'll get her a little later. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come to pass. We got um, Mando. So, exactly. <laughs> Disneyland is a great testing grounds to try mm-hmm. out new walk around characters because they're very common at Disneyland to have those walk around <laughs> yes. characters. Um, yeah. Walt Disney World, we're more used to queuing up in formal spaces. Yeah. We don't handle it well here at Disney <laughs> World. We lose our minds and like mob attack them. Yeah. So I, I agree. So, uh, so that was number one. Um, number two, another kind of, um, you know, small announcement, but one that's that's great for the next film as also sort of piggybacking off of the studio showcase is that Asha, not too surprising, is going to be joining the parks as a meet and greet character. I was intrigued by the fact that we so she's coming to Disneyland Resort and Disneyland Paris, but they specifically said Epcot. And so yeah. I was really curious where in Epcot we're going to get to meet Asha. I don't know. And I'm yeah. curious if it's part of the opening when we get to the opening of World Celebration in December, if perhaps that's where she's going to be. But I mm-hmm. don't know otherwise where they might put her. Yeah. Yeah. I was intrigued by that, too, because I, if you'd asked me, I would have said, oh, she'd probably be a Magic Kingdom. Yeah, just Magic because- Kingdom. It seemed like a more a bigger fit, fairy tale, all that. But then we haven't seen the movie. So maybe there's something once we see the movie, we're like, oh, it's this totally makes sense. She'd be an Epcot. I don't know. It is possible. Um, yes, I'm very curious to see where she ends up in Epcot. Yeah. But great to have another meet and greet character. I will say with Maggie at her age, I'm I go to the parks. I don't even care about the rides anymore. It's just <laughs> meet and greets with Maggie is yep. all I want. So a new princess for her to meet. I am very happy about that. And she's going to be very happy about that too. Um, They sort of then went back to more information about what they had announced previously in the week and something we've been aware of for a few years now, which is the world of frozen land coming to Hong Kong Disneyland. And they announced leading into Destination D23, that this land is officially going to open on November 20th. I actually have a listener who's going to Hong Kong Disneyland the week before. And is considering switching the trip just to see this. Because I, I, it's like a, how often as, as uh, in in the US, I've never been to Hong Kong Disneyland, but like how often that's sometimes literally a once in a lifetime trip. So to miss it by one week, the opening of World of Frozen. That would hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But I have to say, you know, it could just be we talked in the beginning about how having children really sort of changes your and advances your Disney fandom and experience. Mm-hmm. And it has totally done that for me. If I didn't think it was possible to do that, but it, it really has. And my daughter and I have bonded over Frozen. Like it's yeah. I, I have grown to I always really liked Frozen and I, I like adore Frozen. It's just I have watched probably <laughs> frozen fever 30 times if, if if not more i've watched frozen and frozen 2 collectively now probably 50 60 times i still love it every time i watch it um we love going to meet anna and elsa and olaf at the parks riding frozen ever after so now there's a land um yeah. and it that looks we could go and experience incredible it looks incredible I, like 
amazing. I kind of wish they showed us a little bit more of um, Wandering Oaken's, uh, I can't remember the hip hop name off the top of my head, but the new attraction that's Wandering Oaken's yeah. sled. Oh my goodness, I should have written this down. Um, they always have such creative names with the attractions. Yeah. But that that looks like sort of a Seven Dwarfs mind train with a frozen yeah. theme and different cars set up. And it just looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. Um, are you yeah. planning any Hong Kong or Shanghai or Tokyo? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so my soon? family, my family really wants to do Japan. That's like a big one on my kids' list as my kids are like young adults. So we're looking at doing Japan in the fall of next year. That's kind of on the table right now because Japan's also getting a lot. Tokyo Disney's oh, yeah. getting a huge expansion and that's supposed to be spring. And just like you were saying, we don't want to shoot for summer and think it's going to be delayed. <laughs> right. So we're like, maybe like October, November of next year. The big question will be, do we want to try to hit another Asia park? You know, you're kind of like already over there, right there, but also yeah. also there's like so much we want to see just in Japan and in Tokyo. Yeah. And in, yeah. so we haven't figured that out yet, but for sure, my biggest bucket list is Tokyo Disney. Like that's, yeah, mine too. I, I just feel like every Disney fan that's been around the mall says that's the best. So I'm like, I pretty much have to do that. I've done Disneyland Paris and that one, that one was super fun, but yeah, all the Asia ones. I just, I, yeah, I want to do them all. I mean, <laughs> they all look amazing. <laughs> yeah. Next one on my list is definitely to go back to Disneyland Paris. I really, when I went, did not get the full experience. When I went there, we devoted one day to the park. Um, mm. And because we were really limited on time, we were we were younger. We, we weren't really doing an expansive trip. And um, we were both also sick that day. So oh, it no. really didn't, didn't make for the best Disneyland yeah. Paris experience. Like we kind of saw it, but we weren't fully there, if you know what I mean. So right. we, yeah. we really want to go back and we both love, love Paris. So like, I really do want to go. That's going to, I anticipate that'll be the next park. We do have plans to go back to Paris very soon. Um, but then, yeah, Tokyo, like my next, yeah. my next park would be Tokyo. Because um, yeah. like you, I really do want to see Japan as well. Um, mm -hmm. So I agree that, when you go to Japan to see Tokyo Disney, like you almost want to do Japan, um, yeah. even do like Adventures by Disney with Tokyo Disney, perhaps, yeah. and just really see Japan and then yeah. go back and see Hong Kong Disneyland on a different trip. I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, So coming back to the US, number three, sorry, number four, I'm losing track and it's literally written in front of me, is um, <laughs> the... Hatbox Ghost at Haunted Mansion. They they announced this at D23 Expo last year. But the one thing, any Disney fan who has gone to the Haunted Mansion and knows Haunted Mansion lore has asked is why is the Hatbox Ghost in the endless hallway scene? Because that has been it's quite the controversy. It has, because <laughs> they really haven't, you know, the ghosts don't materialize until Madame Leota's scene. So mm -hmm. how can the hatbox ghost have materialized? Um, so I I am really appreciative that the Imagineers actually incorporated and wrote a story to fit this into the haunted mansion. Um, where the hatbox ghost, you know, the other question is, well, there's 999 happy haunts, so could there be is this the thousandth? Yeah. Is, are, is, are we at capacity for the Haunted Mansion? <laughs> um, but uh, so the story for those who didn't hear it is that the Hatbox Ghost was the 900th, 999th Happy Haunt. 
Um, but when the attraction received its new inhabitants, um, we'll say, the Hatbucks ghost fled the mansion. So up until now, there have actually been 998 that have been residing in the mansion and that the Hatbox Ghost has returned once again as the 999th, but this time as an unhappy haunt who can materialize anywhere he so wishes in the haunted mansion. Um, so, Serena, you've been to Disneyland, so you've seen the Hatbox yes. Ghost at Disneyland, yes. right? Yes, it's phenomenal. It's really, really cool, and I'm very excited to have him. I think it'll be it'll be a nice addition for sure. I think so too. Anyone who hasn't been to Disneyland, it's it's just one of those hatbox ghost was an original idea for the haunted mansion um a classic ghost in the haunted mansion that had some technical difficulties it was a very advanced um uh, ghost to incorporate into the mansion so now that technology has caught up and advanced the imagineers were able to work hatbox ghost back into disneyland um and now at walt disney world so it really does from an illusion standpoint it's a it's a very cool illusion mm -hmm. and a great ghost to add. So I'm very happy um, that the Hatbox Ghost is returning, and I'm mm -hmm. I'm okay with the story. Like I, I I'm yeah. I'm bought into it. It's cool. It's fine. I'm, I'm it's very their happy story, it's there. right? At yeah. the end of the day, it's their story. So if right. they wanna <laughs> they wanna expand, add, you know, work it a little bit, like who are you know, okay? It's it's you're the one telling the story. So, okay, that, that works. That's fine. I appreciate that. They're, that they're saying, we understand that there's a story here and yes. we're not, we're not going outside of the bounds. We've actually created a place where this all makes sense for you guys. So I appreciate that. So for our, uh, our truest, you know, we have that aspect, but I think too, like Haunted Mansion, most of the merchandise for the Haunted Mansion features the Hatbox Ghost. Like he is sort of the the icon of that attraction and we haven't had him at walt disney world so yeah it didn't Between really make Leota. sense yeah it is the other one yeah exactly so it's nice to it's nice to have him represented at walt disney world i think he'll be cool and he does look great and they're adding him just you know just after that hallway scene they've got a little section that's sort of partitioned off ready for him so that it should be a, a relatively simple thing to add him in and, and reopen it. It won't be like it's going to be closed for months or anything like that. No, no, it'll be. And it's it's again coming in November. So it, that's yeah. right around the corner from here. And uh, if you ever needed proof that Disney listens to their fans, I mean, this what they addressed as the story for the Hatbox Ghost is proof that they listen um, yes. and that they literally addressed these questions in, at Destination D23. Yeah. Um. I'm going to skip over Disneyland for a second because there were two more for Magic Kingdom that I wanted to get to uh, before to not jump around too much. Um, so I'm going to skip number five and actually go to number six, but I'm going to highlight number five so I don't forget to come back to it. You mm -hmm. mentioned earlier, Serena, about Country Bear Jamboree, and that this was a major piece of news, I think, uh, for yeah. Disney fans because I have for years now questioned what they were going to do with country bear jamboree mm -hmm. and a lot of people think at times that disney is going to replace everything with a massive new attraction mm -hmm. the problem with country bear jamboree is it does not have the space or the capacity to be a massive mm -hmm. um, attraction so you need to keep it that same style of a sort of a or b ticket show mm -hmm. um that is something to go to it's something to enjoy it's something that you can sort of rest your feet and watch something for a little bit um you know has occupancy for guests, um, but is not going to be uh, Space Mountain or Tron. Like, you just right. can't fit that there. Uh, so I think 
that, well, I'll reserve my thoughts. Serena, what do you, what do you think about the news about there being, and I, I, maybe we should talk about this first, yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, so it is going to be a uh, Country Bear musical jamboree. Um, so they are incorporating some classic Disney songs into this experience. Um, they are going to sort of pay homage to the classical musical reviews in Nashville. And they even said that they're working with Nashville musicians to get the authentic country sound. And they gave us a preview, even that was live streamed of Bare Necessities, um, mm -hmm. which is a really cool sort of rendition of that song. But we're still going to get all of our favorite bears, one of them with a new name, um, Romeo McGrawl is a, is a mm -hmm. new name of one of them. Maggie adores Wendell. So I'm very happy that Wendell <laughs> is still there. I adore Wendell too. We've had some wonderful character meet and greet experiences with him. Um, Shaker, Henry, the whole, the whole gang. So mm -hmm. that's the news. Uh, so Serena, what were your thoughts? You said Country Bear Jamboree is sort of a take it or leave it attraction for you. Yeah, so. It is for me, but I love the history of it. And I love, I, I think anything that's like an OG attraction, it deserves a little love and hopefully a little preservation. I would have hated to see it gone because yes. I know that, that that it's a big part of Disney history and it's it's the only place that it is. It's not in any other park. So I, I'm glad that they're saving it. I feel like, it, you know, if you've been, I know there's a lot of people, me included, that when you see the show, you're like, how is this still here? <laughs> <laughs> it feels a little dated, um, yeah. you know, it, Definitely with Disney looking at things from like making them more PC and everything. There's definitely some things that, mm, you know, Country Bears is like, yeah, we could we could update that for sure. And uh, I think there was probably a time where it was on the chopping block a little bit. And, you know, deciding to update an attraction like that is not just a simple thing of like, you know, putting in uh, some new songs like they're 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 really revamping it and that means you know updating the technology and and on all of that so this is a this is a, a considerable investment into this attraction that they're doing and so for those that are maybe concerned because they love that attraction i would say you know it's it's maybe this or nothing <laughs> like be glad that that it's not gone they're 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 preserving it and this is how they're preserving it this is kind of like a way that, that we can still have it and also this investment means that it's going to be around a while, which is, I think, really good for for fans of it. Yeah, I think so, too. I've always said the if you love an attraction, the best honor that Disney can give an attraction is to update it. Yeah, because um, that's how you keep it relevant. And that's truly if you like what, what would Walt want? Walt yeah. would want it to be updated, yeah. possibly even replaced. Like, oh, that's still there. Like, we haven't thought yeah. about something else for this right. attraction. It's still Country Bears from, okay, well, maybe we'll work on that. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> it's that would be what Walt would say. Mm -hmm. um, so to update something, I think, is truly honoring it. And this is going to breathe new life into the attraction. And if you're a fan, I, I already know that the Imagineers are more than likely also going to throw some Easter eggs and tributes to the mm -hmm. original Country Bear fans. Um, For sure. They've been doing that a lot lately with new attractions. Guardians of the Galaxy is riddled with Universe of Energy easter eggs um mm -hmm. so i i can only imagine that this will be another case for that too yeah um, for sure i think it's a i think it's a great thing i think it's going to be a great addition and update and it's nice to see that this is something that's in progress they were showing mm -hmm. they were showing clips of the recording process so 
artists are already recording the songs like this is this is happening now and is for sure going to happen. I know that's sometimes a criticism of Disney fans is like, we're just talking about it. We don't know if it's going to happen or how far out it is. So this is definitely in progress and currently underway. So it's nice to see that, uh, that this is definitely going to happen. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, and that's, uh, that's something I'll be looking forward to soon. They said coming soon. I don't think they have an official date. They just said uh, 2024. Yeah. Yeah, 2024. So that's that's right around the corner. Yeah, it'll um, be next year. Yeah, speaking of right around the corner, so right around the corner for Country Bear Jamboree is Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And how excited were you for to hear about a lounge coming to Pirates of the Caribbean? It was so like out of pocket. I was like, n- no one knew that this was on the table. But now that yeah. I know it is, I absolutely want it. <laughs> And they said so. They I look. I read the press release. It didn't say expansion, but in the actual events, they used the word expansion, Adventureland mm-hmm. expansion. So that to me implies that this is going to be added, not mm. replacing. Because some people are like, "Oh, is this going to replace Tortuga Tavern?" Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. Um, yeah. My impression, if I were just thinking about the spacing of Magic Kingdom, is that. If you're walking from Adventureland around Pecos Bill to get to Frontierland, that this will be on your left past the Pirates of the Caribbean gift shop. There's some mm-hmm. like empty space over there. Uh, there's some some land even back towards the railroad. So mm-hmm. I imagine that's probably where this will go. But that's, again, just me speculating. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some pockets that could happen. There's as you're looking at pirates to, to the, to the left, to the left. Yeah, that's you know, the there's like that little be. fountain there and like, you know, sometimes they use it for extra queue when they, when they need it, but yeah, there's definitely some pockets and it could be Tortuga Tavern. They did have when Disney posted the, a reel or a TikTok kind of like, you know, promoting it, they used the Pirates of the Caribbean cast members and they were running across the way from pirates, right? So I was like, is that it kind of looked like they were going toward, towards the tavern, but who knows? Either way, I think it's going to be really cool to have a pirate themed tavern. They use the word tavern, they use the word lounge. So both both sound good. Um I think the biggest question is will there be rum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I'm sure you w- probably won't be able to take it to go, but I'm sure if you're dining there that yeah. they will have that option uh, and probably some uh, kid-friendly options yeah. as well. Yeah, so, some some grog or some, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want like a, a souvenir stein, you know, like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of fun things they could do with that. And then I was not familiar with this animatronic bird. The Barker bird? Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you I talk, remember what, what is so, what is the deal with that? It's still at Disneyland. Disneyland still has their Barker Bird, but we at Magic Kingdom had a Barker Bird that if you're, um, it was literally sort of where, I'm pretty sure it's this exact location, but it could have been slightly askew from this, but where the standby and Lightning Lane entrances are now for Pirates of the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. um, up above against one of the uh, uh, support beams was an animatronic pirate bird. And okay. it would sort of lead. It was the in, in the classic sense, like the 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 sound and the sight to get you to be at the entrance and mm. then say, "Oh, I'm going to walk into this attraction now." Like, "Oh, there's right. a talking bird over there. Let's go check that out." Right. Um, so that was a classic imaginary element to get people to like hear or see something that attracts their attention to then walk into the attraction. Right. Um, so you can go back and listen, and I I believe 
Um, they at one point rewrote the script for the Barker Bird, and I think D. Bradley Baker um, did the voice because there's okay. so many animal voices for yeah. that Barker Bird. He obviously wasn't the original, um, and it could have been the Disneyland version, but it, it he also lent his voice. So if you go to Disneyland, the Barker Bird is still there. Okay, um, but it was an animatronic bird similar to Enchanted Tiki Room style bird right. that would um, sort of like talk about, say the different catchphrases yeah, related yeah. to Pirates of the Caribbean um, to get you to go inside. So he'll be like the new little mascot over at this new tavern. Mm-hmm. That's going to be Happy cute. He's getting, again, listen to fans, bring you back yeah. some classic things. Like they, they're yeah. listening. They really Absolutely. are. Um, so I skipped over Disneyland. So let's go back now that we, we sort of rounded out some more news related to magic kingdom to disneyland i this was the one piece i have been waiting for them to re discuss um Mm -hmm. because it's now been i I understood when uh the pandemic happened that things needed to be scaled back but um you know the one thing that i sometimes hear about avengers campus is that you go it's small you have one attraction which is a really great attraction but that was always when i used the it, it followed the same formula as Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, where mm-hmm. you have an immersive land based on a, a piece of, um, you know, based on a, a franchise. And then you start with the um, the the B ticket or the, the let's say the D ticket, probably not a B ticket, like sort of the D ticket attraction, which in the case of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, they opened with Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. And then the mm-hmm. big E ticket opens later in phase two. That was Rise of the Resistance. So they did the exact same thing for Avengers Campus. They said phase one, is the opening plus web slingers mm-hmm. phase two is an e-ticket avengers attraction and then they stopped talking about it um, mm-hmm. because they weren't sure what was going to happen so now they're starting to say that things are happening again and they teased out the ride vehicle which is very intriguing it's it is very intriguing possibly a slight change from what they originally shared because i remember the original concept art and it is a little different but that mm-hmm. that's okay um yeah technology has advanced and ideas yeah. change and this really seems to be very interesting so the way it was described is a world jumping vehicle um it is going to transport superheroes into the multiverse so we have an idea of the part Story. of marvel we're dealing with mm-hmm. um and it's a ride vehicle combining elements of Tony Stark's time suits, which it looks very much like that, with mm-hmm. Zandarian jump points and Wakandan technology. So mm-hmm. we have Black Panther, Iron Man, and Guardians of the Galaxy elements tied into this ride vehicle. Um, I don't know if it's matte motion sickness friendly. I feel like <laughs> it's probably not, but I, that's okay because I... I still geek out about attractions like this. So any thoughts, Serena, about what this might be? So what do you think that there's something similar with this sort of Omni coaster that they used for Guardians? Or is this like a totally different type of vehicle? I think it's totally different. I don't get the impression. Just looking at it, it doesn't really look like a coaster to me. It looks too bulky Uh to be a coaster car. It looks more like a motion simulator. But I don't think this is Star Tours. I really don't. Um, yeah. I think this is something else. It's it's really hard to gauge what this might be. Um, I I honestly don't have any guesses. I think yeah. this is probably something we have not seen before. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. I think from a story standpoint, anything with the multiverse 
basically opens up the Pandora's box of ideas, right? If you're, if you're jumping through multiverses, then you can literally do anything. It also allows you to bring in characters that maybe right at this moment aren't still a part of the MCU. You know, if, if you want to pull in Iron Man, you could, or whoever. So, um, I like that. That just gives them full artistic freedom to do whatever they want with the story, which I think is nice. Guardians has the sort of a uh, portal time jumping sort of element into its storyline. And that's, that works really well. So yeah, I'm really interested to see, do you know, like, cause I don't really cover Disneyland, so I'm not as familiar with it, like in the footprint, in the mm-hmm. footprint of Avengers campus, where yep. will this be? So there's a, uh, the, where the Quinjet is now, that was yeah. always where they were going to, that's where they teased out where this would be. It's the only spot that has usable land out, out to the back. So sort of going behind uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout mm-hmm. and sort of along the side of the back of Radiator Springs, there is some backstage land over there and there's quite okay. a bit of space. So they could really build something massive back there. Okay, nice. Yeah, that's um, going to be cool. Not, I love Adventures n- Campus. Not Cosmic Rewind massive. They do not have yeah. enough land for that. That's a very little footprint. is that size. Even by Disney <laughs> World standards, that show building is like it's tremendous. Crazy. Um, yeah. I but I do think, like, if we're talking about um, like flight of passage size show building, it, mm-hmm. it there's enough land for something like that back there. Okay, but I've, that just based on my knowledge of the footprint and what I've seen yeah. on. Google images or Google, yeah. uh, sorry, Google, Google maps, satellite view, sort of scrutinizing, like, where are they going to build this thing? Right, uh, right. I think that's, that's probably what we're talking about is back there. Okay. Very cool. That's going to be a really nice addition to that land. I think that it's already just to me, I mean, there's very little Marvel, you know, we don't have any real Marvel aside from guardians, but in terms of like a land and area at Walt Disney world. So yeah. I, I love going to Avengers campus. Cause you get that like immersiveness of it. And it's a fun, it, it, it is small, but it's such a fun land. I could spend a it lot is. of time just dining at Pim's Test Kitchen and watching characters go by. It's just so much fun. It's the characters. I mean, there it are is. characters literally everywhere. I mean, I remember standing the first time I visited and there was like literally five or six characters just within my line of sight, you know, all around. I was just like blown away with how much there was to do. So much. Um, okay, let's talk quick about they gave an update more like another sneak peek at the Zootopia land coming to Shanghai Disney Resort and um, they didn't talk too much about this I mean they did the main thing was they teased out a photo which looks really cool um, and we know that it's going to include a new attraction if you were at D23 Expo last year and saw the Imagineering exhibit on the show floor you actually got a sneak peek of the ride vehicle um mm-hmm. from the from the ZPD um it looks really cool mm-hmm. and uh so I'm, I'm really curious what they're going to do with that and then there's going to be special entertainment merchandise um and then they described a zootopified food and beverage uh, or sorry zootopified food and beverage items so Lots of you're a Zootopia fan, big reason to go to Shanghai, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty exciting. But they didn't, other than sharing that photo, um, which again looks pretty cool. Yeah. Didn't get too much else about that, which is okay. I expect more next year um, at the yeah. D23 Expo. They had kind of shown some things before the event, you know, so I feel like they had already kind of given some reveals yeah. and then they were just kind of following up with it. The right. land, though, is super cute. Like the Zootopia, what, Zootopia? 
theologists or I don't know what it is. <laughs> whatever that little like city area is is super cute. It always reminded me of uh in Universal Studios Orlando, the Marvel area that they have there. Like it it just it looks like something out of a cartoon come to life. Very vivid colors and just super vibrant and fun. So I think that it looks really, really great. I love Zootopia. Like that is one of my favorite movies. And so I think anything that they add for that is is great. Totally on board with you. Um, we'll get to Zootopia again in a yeah. little bit. Um, they announced an opening date for Journey of Water inspired by Moana, which is going to be opening October 16th. That is like right around the corner. Mm -hmm. um, Serena, have you had the chance to see it in previews? Yeah, it's beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. And um, it's nice to have a concrete opening date for anything at Epcot. <laughs> We're just and we, like, they gave us a few. You. They gave us yes. a few in this event. Yes, they did. And it's nice because... Uh, we're we're ready to have the middle of Epcot back again for sure. We're like way overdue for that. So, I you know, Journey of Water to me it, it's beautiful. Uh, it's a beautiful area. Love the theming. Moana, anything? Yes, yes, yes. The thing that I love about it that I, I mean I don't know I don't feel like I've seen talked about as much is it's an educational element that feels like a return to. Epcot of years past because yes. Epcot used to be so based in education, right? Like you, you were learning, but you know, you still, you were having fun, but there was a lot of walkthrough things that, that you used to, I would think of interventions, that entire section yes. was just nothing but different elements that were educational to people. And I remember going as a child and how cool that was to me, you know, and, and, locally field trips would go into Epcot and that was like, it was like a learning field trip for them. So I love getting that and seeing that come back, that element of education and learning about the water and, and our connection to water as, as humans and just having that come. I would love to see them continue that down the road. Yeah. And this is an experience that I'll say to those listening is what you put into it is what you get out of it. Um, so, so much true. like interventions, to use that analogy, you could walk through interventions and say, cool, and then walk out. Or mm -hmm. you could have really engaged with interventions and had, you know, spent hours there and had a great mm -hmm. time in interventions. And it's the same thing with this. You can walk through it and say, cool, beautiful, nice, looks great. Mm -hmm. Or you can really engage with it. And I spent 45 minutes engaging with Journey of Water in one sitting um, or one walk, walk through. Mm -hmm. um, and uh I got to say, from an Imagineering perspective, I, I chatted with some Imagineers about it. They put a lot of thought into this. Mm -hmm. And um, just the technology mm -hmm. is impressive. Um, yeah. It's you're literally engaging with the water in so many mm -hmm. different ways. It's just it's so much fun. Um, and it's all it's, uh, it's simple. Mm -hmm. Like it's deceptively simple. I yes. feel like it would be very easy to miss how advanced the technology is because it feels very organic it feels mm -hmm. like you are just interacting with water of course like you're waiting yeah, everybody does water. this right <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it's a testament to how well it's done that it almost would be easy to miss how complex it actually is and i, I love to just again it is not an attraction with a queue, with a genie, with a lightning lane, with all of those things that we have to think about in these long lines. When you are at Epcot with your family, 
at any park with your family, you need elements in that park that you can just quickly go to that don't require any advanced planning and you can just explore and enjoy it at any point during your day. It makes uh, a lot of sense from a planning perspective to have that element in there. Just like the, you know, the playgrounds and the other water play places that we have built into these parks, they're very much needed. And uh, so maybe they're not as splashy as a brand new big e-ticket attraction, but taken as a whole, they're a big part of what makes these parks fun to be at the entire day. Yeah, I will admittedly be spending a lot of time here um, mm -hmm. with with Maggie or just by myself um, yeah. because it is just a really enjoyable addition to the park. Yeah. And you'll be able to meet Moana in a new dedicated yes. space also here October 16th. So, I mean, that yes. I understood when they said you can meet Moana at Epcot. I knew exactly where you're going to meet her. <laughs> yes, yes. So, and it makes sense. And she's got a de de dedicated area for her. So, you know, you'll have a nice backdrop for your photos. And she's still so popular that it's so nice to see her have a permanent home. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then we have two updates for December one just right next door, uh, yeah, right next door, um, which is that world celebration, the part that everybody walks around that's under construction, um, whether you're going left to Guardians of the Galaxy or right to the seas and Journey of Water, that area is opening in December. And yes. I, I mean, walk riding a monorail around that, I'm very impressed that that's going to be open in two months because that they've still got some work to do. Um, yeah, but no but walls. No oh. walls. Back to no walls. The price <laughs> we pay for improvements and additions and optimizations is walls, and I'm okay with it. Um, but yeah. it will be nice to be able to walk through the center again and see yes. this new space. I imagine the statue, the Walt Disney statue, will be there by then. They did kind of imply that it will be concluded. So yeah, um, the new festival event space. Um, which I think is smart to open it in December because that means the first festival they'll be able to test this with is the Festival of the Arts, which is the newest and the time of year that is of the four, um, probably the least popular. It's not spring break. It's not the summer. It's not the holidays. It's January, February. So yeah. um, moderate crowds, I think, is going to be a great testing ground for a festival to have some space in this part of the park. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was wondering if they... because. Basically, it's late November when Festival of the Holidays opens, but it is um it will be already in progress by the time this area yes. opens, and it's the shortest festival. It's only about uh, five or six weeks, so I, I I think it makes sense that they're probably not going to try to incorporate the festival space with that because kind of what they've been doing, as we've seen in the um the brewing lab that they've got set up and before that it was figment and they've been sort of cr creating these spaces and theming them to each festival and they really go all out like this isn't just sort of like slapping a backdrop on something this is like retheming the entire space and that's kind of the way they've talked about this sort of festival center will be like with each festival it will be you know a, a central part of the festival so it'll probably be you know redone for each festival so it kind of makes sense that they'll start it off with festival of the arts yeah i think that's a great way for them to test this i'm excited mm -hmm. to see it um i don't think i'll see it until i'll be there in february so i'll see it in february when it's open i'm very excited to see what that looks like oh yeah it's um, gonna be great now also in december 
this this really came out of the blue. Um, I know. December fifth, we have a new nighttime show at Epcot. Yeah. Have did you notice the name? Yes. I mean, obviously they announced the name. It's yeah. Luminous Symphony of Us, but it is blending the names Illuminations and Harmonious. And Harmonious. Um, and even so, the artwork and everything, the logo uh-huh. is literally a blend of Illuminations, which was the original show with Harmonious, which is the show we had prior. Yeah. it. it I don't think that was accidental. I think oh, that no. gives <laughs> us a little peek into what we're going to be getting. Yeah, I, I mean, I Illuminations was always my favorite at Walt Disney World. It was mm-hmm. always kind of like, I don't know. So I'll, it's, it's. I think if you're an Epcot nostalgist, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you grew up with Epcot as your favorite park, um, I yeah. wouldn't call myself a nostalgist. I, I'm really more. I, I like the optimizations and the improvements. Um, but I. What I did have a you lot think of? of what did you think of Harmonious? I can. I called it a party and world showcase. Yeah. Um, the thing that I loved about Harmonious was, again, I was always a big Illuminations fan. And whenever I went and saw Illuminations, I mean, I had such emotional and personal attachment to it, but nobody else did. Like the, mm-hmm. the fans that casually went, that was their first time going, like they watched it, they enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I don't feel like they got it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, even like they have that, they had the the tag at the end um, with We Go On, but mm-hmm. after the original you know, ending, a lot of people started leaving and they're like, oh mm-hmm. no, this is still going. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I never felt the engagement. Harmonious was totally different. Harmonious, yeah. everybody was like engaged, having fun, dancing, singing. Um, so I, I really appreciated that they engaged everybody in mm-hmm. a nighttime show at Epcot again. Um, I, like most Disney fans, could do away with the barges that were in the middle that kind of blocked the world yeah. showcase view. Um, yeah. But again, they listened and they yeah, got rid of the barges they did. And trying something new. They did. And I do appreciate that Disney will do that. And even something that they've put a significant investment in. If, if yeah. the fans aren't, aren't feeling that it, wasn't a cheap if, show. No, <laughs> it was not and, a cheap show. And clearly it's not just the fans. I mean, they, they are doing those surveys after every guest, right? So guest feedback clearly it wasn't it, right? So I loved Harmonious, but I appreciate that they're always willing to pivot. I mean, as yeah. a company, I think there's a huge life lesson there for all of us. But I, I loved Harmonious. I thought the soundtrack was amazing. But I'm I'm hoping that they're going to take what worked with Harmonious and what people really did resonate with and pull that into the next show. And so, yeah, seeing that in Luminous, I thought, okay, cool. I think they're we're on the same like wavelength here. Yeah. And then another piece of news that was, again, totally out of the blue. Destination D23 this year really had a lot of announcements, um, more it than did. I was expecting. Um, and some that track- really, that all of us were kind of like, oh, we didn't even know that was an option. <laughs> Considered, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, test track. So yeah. I did not expect this at all. Um, uh, but the thing that's really smart about this is they are once again tapping into the original fans of Epcot um, yes. and saying we're going to update it again and we're going to feed that into the energy and the spirit of World of Motion. Um, Serena, did you ever ride World of Motion? Or No, Motion? no. I remember you were talking about um, in your episode on armchair imagineering like that you did. 
I think it was your cousin that was with you. He was saying like he remembered he remember the the yeah. hype of test track coming and all of that. I don't I don't think I ever rode World of Motion. I know I visited back then, but if I did ride it, I don't really have any strong memories of it. The coolest part was the Omni Mover actually went outside at one point mm-hmm. um, towards the beginning, which was actually kind of exciting. But it was it felt like the best way to describe it was if you gave Spaceship Earth a transportation theme. That mm-hmm. is pretty much what World of Motion was. Um, it was a, the building is exactly the same as World of Motion, but then they gutted it and mm-hmm. replaced it with Test Track. Um, so it does have this optimistic spirit. They did have um, the when you go on Test Track now after the second break scene when they mm-hmm. have when they activate the uh, ABS brakes mm-hmm. um, and it's a little more controlled. You go past the city of the future. Yeah, yeah. That was from World of Motion. Okay. Um, so, and then they have the World of Motion logo hidden in little places here and there, especially in the queue. You can find the World of Motion logo. So, also this song, um, "It's Fun to Be Free," that's uh-huh. from World of Motion. So that it, that's kind of if you haven't been on it before, gives you somewhat of a glimpse. But my yeah. again, my best my best comparison is Spaceship Earth with the transportation theme is okay. the the history and the present and the future of transportation. Um, is so, what so maybe that means that test track 3.0, whatever this is going to be, yeah. will be pulling in again, that educational aspect. Like maybe right. they'll have some, not like some of the educational, the history of transportation or how we got to this place or, or thinking about what it might be in the future, which I think would be really, really cool. Yeah, I'm very intrigued. The concept art looks gorgeous. I love what they're doing with the forest theme, um, yes. sort of going around those curves uh, up towards the top. So I'm I'm very excited to see what they come yeah. up with. Yeah, make- I, I again, I, I didn't know this was on the table. Now that I do, <laughs> I want it. I need it. I must have it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Test Track, uh, you know, there. I think the biggest criticism I could have for it as an attraction is that it can feel like a commercial for, you know, and obviously there's a there's a sponsorship there like that there needs to be that but i think it could be done a little better and so yeah there's definitely room for improvement but still keeping the sort of fun of just high speed cars and building cars and stuff like that which is just it's fun in and of itself yeah i i I think so too and people often forget sponsor when something sponsors an attraction which most original attractions had sponsors they were commercials for the sponsors yeah i mean sherman brothers literally wrote songs specifically (laughs) Yeah. GE that that song Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow was written for GE. Yeah. Um, then and then the pivot to Now is the Best Time was an adaptation for GE. Um, like it's this and is, they were not like they were shameless about like they were not subtle. <laughs> yeah, making memories written for Kodak. Yeah, like it's, absolutely. It's, um, yeah, all these classic pictures. Disney songs. Yep. Right. <laughs> Go yeah. buy a Kodak camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. So same thing with World of Motion. <laughs> I know. Um, it's just, it's funny to think about because to us, we're like, uh, it's like um, uh, Tron is Enterprise, you know, and yes. aside from the signage and stuff, it's very subtle. I mean, right. You know, well, that's because not... Tron is Disney content, so they don't need as much or as heavy of a sponsorship. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's why. But yeah, it is. Uh, we'll see what they do with Test Track 3.0. Yeah. I'm very excited for it. Me too. Um. Oh gosh, there's so much left to go through. Let's 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 quickly touch on two things. So Disneyland Paris, um, they showed the nighttime footage for the Frozen theme land, real nighttime footage, not a concept piece of uh, concept art. Looks gorgeous at night. Um, yeah. 
And then I'm going to jump ahead to Fantasy Springs at Tokyo Disney Sea, oh, which is opening in 2024. I am so excited for this, man. Yeah. It Rapunzel's looks it Forest, looks incredible. Peter Pan's Neverland and Frozen Kingdom. It does yes. look really good. What what do we expect from Tokyo Disney Sea if not perfection? Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amazing. Uh, looks really cool. Um, well, let's touch on Disney Cruise Line. So we already know about the Disney Treasure. They obviously talked a lot about it this week leading up to Destination D23. If you haven't mm -hmm. seen footage, I mean, you could go back on YouTube and see a lot from Disney parks and a lot of concept art, a lot of great um, pieces of news that we can uh, you know, dive into a little bit more. But the big things from Destination D23 that they um, announced were first, the name of Disney's second private island which is going to be disney lookout key at lighthouse point with they said preview starting next year um mm -hmm. which is very soon and i imagine the disney treasure will probably be the ship to set that off but i obviously could be mistaken they could include other disney cruise line ships as well and then the second piece is that they announced the name of the next disney cruise line ship which is going to be called the disney adventure and this mm -hmm. is the ship that will be sailing out of singapore throughout Southeast Asia. Serena, we spoke even before, and most of my listeners know I'm not a big cruise ship guy just because of my seasickness and all that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'll turn this one over to you for your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. so the seventh ship is going to be called the Adventure. So the Treasure is the sister ship to the Wish, which we already have, and that's coming out December of next year, 2024. So the seventh ship is the adventure and that's going to be sometime in 2025. And the thing that's interesting about this ship is that this is the one that Disney purchased that was already under construction. And the, the cruise ship company went bankrupt during COVID and Disney was able to get it for apparently just a steal. And it was kind of, I think of it like a spec house where you buy it, but like nothing's really set with colors and theming and you're able to customize it. It was kind of like that. Like it was under construction, but it was very much still at a point where Disney could go in and Disney-fy it. And this ship looks huge. It's going to be much, much larger than Disney's largest ships that they have now. So it's definitely going to be a whole different class of ship. And then of course, having it come out of Singapore, that's a, a completely new destination for Disney Cruise Line and a very exotic one and probably something that's going to be tapping into a completely new market for Disney Cruise Line because not, I mean, some of the diehard fans will go to Singapore, but it's definitely going to be a whole new audience coming out of Asia for Disney Cruise Line. So very exciting things for them. Yeah, it's going to totally expand Disney Cruise Line beyond where it is now. And it seems like they have plans beyond this, too. So I feel mm -hmm. like this is just the beginning and the turning points or the pivotal moment that's going to lead us into this next era of Disney Cruise Line, which is Definitely. very exciting. Yeah. Um. So last thing they mentioned about Magic Kingdom was the... They said that those future plans they announced last year, um, that they were thinking about what might be behind Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, they are still working on it. Still I think after this expo or this event, I would imagine that the one thing that might be scrapped from that concept is Encanto. Yeah. Um, which I was always leaning towards Coco. So... I'm still hoping 
they go that direction. I know mm-hmm. a lot of Disney fans are hoping for the villains land. And mm-hmm. it does like if you if you take that land and literally go behind and connect it back to Fantasyland, I can see that bridge from mm-hmm. Fantasyland to the villains land to mm-hmm. if you think about the mountainous terrain going back to Frontierland. So I can mm-hmm. see that. But for me, Coco just fits so perfectly. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of hoping they go that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, villains, there's a broader theme so they can yeah. keep its life perhaps a little bit longer. So yeah, I can go definitely still still seems to be in blue sky. We've oh, got Bruce, sure. Bruce Vaughn coming back to the company and being present at D- Destination D23 it was really nice to see him. He's an amazing Imagineer, does, has done some incredible work. He said that this expansion is going to be their biggest beyond even what New Fantasyland was. So, you know, it's, it's definitely big. But as they kept saying, we are we are about to go into overdrive. So I'm like, OK, well, let's let's do it. Uh, so it's still still pretty far off. I think that the Animal Kingdom stuff, which we'll get into in a little bit, is is more it's, it's going to be sooner, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, well, and that's, um, I guess, the last quick thing we'll note before we get to that major announcement, because technically this was number 20. <laughs> it was the yeah. last thing they announced. <laughs> um, it's a little bit, if, now in hindsight, it's a little bit uh, anticlimactic. At the time, it was it was really exciting news to be the last announcement, but now it's no longer news. So starting September 10th, so now when you're listening to the show, you can now meet Figment at Epcot um, yes. for the first time in over a decade. So it's uh, it's great to have Figment back. I admittedly, I went to the first night, Saturday night, they had for all Destination D23 attendees, a sort of evening at Epcot where we got Epcot to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we were the first to get to meet Figment. When I got there, which was still early, the line was uh, about 300 people, 400 mm-hmm. people deep. So I said, you know what? I'll come back and meet Figment <laughs> another time. But I did get close yeah. to him. I did um, sort of like go to the front of the line just to look a lot of people were doing that mm-hmm. um i said great I'll, I'll get a photo up with you next time figment <laughs> and yeah. uh, and that yeah. was it but exciting news for all figment fans out there that you can meet him in the imagination pavilion definitely um so the big news uh the climactic news that i think took a lot of fans by surprise was the disney's animal kingdom news mm-hmm. um so the smaller of the two which was just kind of mentions um and you had to i had to think about it a little bit was this new zootopia show coming to the tree of life theater um that's currently being developed and when i looked closer at the concept art you can see that it is the tree of life theater um Mm -hmm. there's definitely it's woven into the concept art um Mm -hmm. i like this idea of visiting the different biomes that you catch a glimpse of while judy hops is riding the train into zootopia um, it should make for an interesting addition to the park. I know that I've talked a lot about how even adults are sometimes fearful of it's tough to be a bug. And I've given some strategies and tips yes. for how to make it a little less intense if that's not your thing. Yeah. Um, we, we, t- like we talked about this show. We talked about this show a lot on my, <laughs> on my show. Cause I was like, it's tough to be a bug owes people, I think some therapy bills <laughs> for us adults. <laughs> It can be very traumatizing. It's it's a it's a bit intense. It really it is. is. And for kids, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that show without also hearing children and sometimes adults screaming during the show. So yeah, I I don't think that it's a bad thing to be getting redone. And it's it's just a, such a great location. I mean, the Tree of Life 
is the park icon, right? So it should have a very significant, amazing show inside of it instead of one that's kind of a, you know, it's definitely not a must do for a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I do like the idea of focusing on while there are maybe we consider them to be almost ambassadors of the animals um, mm -hmm. presence and there the familiar faces that resonate with a lot of young Disney fans in particular who might not have seen or know a bug's life as well. Yeah. The focus on the biomes, I think, is really key because that is going to tie into Animal Kingdom's mythology and core theming very well. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that fits that that focus less on the animals and more on the environments um, is, is and I'm really curious to see how they do that, how they incorporate mm -hmm. it into the story of Animal Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, you can totally see the concept art. They said that there's going to be uh, I think his name's Clawheiser. Claw yes, I how to say it. yeah, uh, which is such a beloved character in Zootopia, the the cop with the donuts and all that. So he's he's so much fun and very sweet and. So I think having him as an animatronic, probably instead of Hopper, like it, it, there's already like the, the exact place for him to be there yep. already yep. sets a, a very different tone. <laughs> and that's where he was in the concept art too, was right yes. there. Um, yes. So that seems like the direction they're, they're really leaning yeah. in. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see and learn a little bit more uh, about the timing of this and what they are thinking for a story. Mm -hmm. um, but it looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then, of course, the the piece of news that blew Disney Parks fans' minds was when it comes to Dino Land. Um, I have been talking about this since last year, um, and I was a little blown away with how accurately I predicted this. Um, so it's, I mean, it, it could go back. I think I first mentioned this in an Instagram Live that's probably uh, still active somewhere, and you have to go back and find it. Um, but Disney Parks fans asked what I thought and what I would do with Dinoland. And I literally said I would make it South America. Um, so I, I and that's I was like when they announced that I you should have seen my face when I was <laughs> when I was in that room. Uh, I'm so happy that they are going in this direction because I do think mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense to create this sort of tropical America section because, as I mentioned, and as they said, this is not a part of the world that's represented and a lot of Disney fans always wanted that Brazil pavilion mm -hmm. at world showcase. But I even said like, I, I wanted an animal kingdom. I want South America's ecosystems, um, culture and animals represented in Walt Disney worlds. Cause it mm -hmm. is more expansive than just a world showcase pavilion. Um, so, uh, I think it's a, a it's a really like intriguing direction for the park. Um, and now you'll have um, in that back section of the park on either end, except for Pandora, Africa, Asia, and tropical Americas. Very in interesting fit for those mm -hmm. three. Um, and I think one that I don't know Joe Rody personally, but I think that he'd probably also sign off on as sort of mm -hmm. the, the leader and visionary for this park. Um, and then you obviously have Encanto. There's no mm -hmm. doubt that's going to be a classic movie for a long time. So having, mm -hmm. I didn't say what it is, but it seems like an attraction that is in the footprints of at least the facade being where Primeval, Primeval World is now mm -hmm. and part of Chester and Hester's. Yeah. It's like there's a carousel attraction. And a lot of fans have speculated about that Indiana Jones attraction they announced. If you look at the concept art, that temple is where Dinosaur is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And uh, I've shared in my episode about 
Dinosaur and and uh, Indiana Jones Adventure that they do have the exact same track layout, same yeah. ride system. Um, so it is. It makes sense. Pretty simple. It, it to makes sense. Adapt it. Mm-hmm. So definitely. What, what were your thoughts about this? Oh yeah, just well. So I love this. I, again, I think you can see Imagineering shifting gears a little bit. I don't know if it is because we have Bruce Vaughn coming back and sort of taking lead on some of these. Um, I know Disney fans don't always like when Disney leads with IP, right? They say we, there's too much IP, you know, that intellectual property. We don't always want uh, uh, characters from movies, right? We we also want like new creative things that are just original to the parks. So I think that this shift of the original Blue Sky stuff for Animal Kingdom didn't have anything about any type of region or continent being represented. It was just, we're going to bring in uh, Moana and Zootopia to uh, Dinoland, essentially, to Animal Kingdom. And fans were kind of like, okay, cool. But this seems like it fits much better within the overall theming of Animal Kingdom, which arguably has the most complete and like cohesive theming of any theme park ever, right? So you don't want that messed up. Yes, any any IP you throw in there will will do well. It, it's going to do well. People are going to like it. But leading with the region and the continent that we've already have represented in Animal Kingdom, that just makes so much more sense. And now you can bring in a, a whole new ecosystem, landscape, and represent an entirely different region in, in the globe and have that make sense in the context of celebrating our connection to the animal kingdom. And then say, and also in this within this region is the area where Encanto takes place. And so you have a little attraction here that you can go and 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 enjoy the characters there. That just that just makes so much sense. And it kind of makes everyone happy, right? Because you get the IP, but you also get the the theme that makes sense within the park. Yeah, it's 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 going to be very exciting to see this developed. Um, I got the impression this was happening, so yeah. um, I, I'm sure um, you know it, it's not going to be a hundred percent what the concept art looks like or sure. what they said. But I, I do think this direction is probably the direction that they are now going in. Um, yeah, Moana has her place at Epcot. Zootopia they made a home for it out Animal Kingdom. So this seems like what they're now thinking about for Dino Land. Yeah, um, it makes so sense. It's very exciting. And I think that the the tropical Americas thing, especially, I think, is what feels the most com- concrete when you look at yes. the concept art. That's very developed, right? You can really see the theming there, and you know maybe things will adjust within the the attraction there. But they also haven't committed to anything. They've just said it's in Kanto. Now, what it is and how they represent it, it looks like Casita in the concept drawing, but who knows what we'll get. And and it doesn't really matter, right? We know that's coming and that's fine. But I think having that region represented, that feels like it's that set. Yeah, for sure. And that really rounded out the parks announcements and most of the major news we got for Destination D23. So um, we'll talk about the next events. Before we do that, Serena, what were your final thoughts on this Destination D23? I think it I think it was pretty good. I think we got some things we didn't expect, which is always really nice. And some projects that we didn't know were in the works are like like full steam ahead. So like the country bears, like cool. It's great to see. I think that Disney is, you know, they they've had this lull with with production and kind of getting things moving and they're talking about things that are coming, but they're really far out. And 
sometimes the backlash to that is fans are just kind of like, you're just talking a lot about stuff that's very far out and it's not stuff we can really get excited about yet. So if you take some of the blue, blue sky stuff out, uh, there's still a lot happening right now that we can get really excited about. And it's good to know that Disney is still committed to investing in these parks because that's, that's great news for us as fans. Yeah. I mean, it left me very optimistic about Disney as well. Not that I'm once a waiver from that spirit, but it's, it's still, there's a lot of, what I appreciate about Disney is that most of the time things are not done quickly and spontaneously. Um, Mm -hmm. There is a, a feeling um, of often needing urgency and immediacy. And that comes from a much bigger, I think, cultural problem um, yeah. of of uh, we need new, bigger, better, constant things always. Um, but I think that Disney is different in the sense that they think strategically and mm-hmm. they take their time. And I'm okay with that because I don't think the parks are in shambles. I'm very happy with the, my experience mm-hmm. in the parks right now. So the new stuff is just like, great, I have even more things to look forward to in the future. But mm-hmm. your point, Serena, they are doing a lot now. And your point earlier about the expansiveness of Disney parks and experiences worldwide, you forget when you isolate just thinking about just Walt Disney World or just Disneyland, you're like, well, they announced one update for Disneyland. Like, mm-hmm. yes, but they also... I, like I said, I have 20 things that I listed that were a couple of smaller little announcements here and there, but these are some major projects that they're working on. Yeah. Um, so it's, there's, it, it definitely left me feeling optimistic. I'm, I'm still very, um, very much looking forward to everything that's coming. And, uh, you know, knowing that even with, with Maggie in the picture, I, I know that we have great experiences we're enjoying now. We have even more we can look forward to as we move ahead as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing to remember too, with Disney world is it's so vast. It's so big. I live here and I still have trouble getting to everything that I want to do. When you visit, you're not going to do everything you want to do. So them adding is great, but already you have so much here. (laughs) If they never added anything for a decade, you would still have more here than you could possibly even get to. Yeah, it's true. Let's Last thing, talk about what we can look forward to. So when it comes to D23, a couple of smaller things I'm going to shout out only because it's not going to have as long of a shelf life when you're listening to this episode is first (laughs) the D23 Royal Anniversary Ball at the Walt Disney Studios lot. I didn't look. I'm sure tickets are sold out by now, but uh, because they went on sale on Tuesday. (laughs) But that's coming up October 15th as the official 100th anniversary event. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the at least the footage from that. And then the Disney 100, the expedition, uh, expedition, the exhibition, mm-hmm. which was in um, uh, Philadelphia, is being moved to Walt Disney's birthplace, Chicago, on November 18th, which is Mickey's 95th birthday, which is kind of cool. And it'll be moving also from Munich to London. And I am actually hopefully going to London next year. So maybe oh, I will fine. add that to my list of things to do. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I'm more likely to go to London than Chicago at this point. (laughs) That's uh, hopefully in the cards. Nice. Um, But then the big news that we should uh, give a couple of minutes to is the announcement for D23 Expo next year, which will not be D23 Expo, but a more massive event called D23, the ultimate Disney fan event. They announced the dates are August 9th to 11th. I booked my room immediately because I made that (laughs) mistake last year and was left with what was left over. Um, 
they are going to keep it at the Anaheim Convention Center, except they're adding a Disneyland D23 takeover on August 8th, which is that Thursday. And they said the massive Hall H events, which, as we know, lots of Disney fans are literally like sleeping overnight at the Anaheim Convention Center just to get in. It's reached ridiculous levels. It really has. (laughs) It's intense. Even honestly, like, I doing it last year, the first time trying to get into Hall H. It was it was really intense. Um, yeah. So moving it to uh, the Honda Center, logistically, very curious to see how they manage this. Me too. Um, but I do love the fact that it is going to accommodate a much larger group of fans. Um, yeah. So you don't have to be the earliest. I think you should still try to get there early. But you yeah. don't have to be. Um, uh, sorry about that, Oliver. Just literally knocked the mic over. <laughs> Thank you, Oliver. He's sure excited about it too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> is uh, I, I think it's going to be more accessible for more fans, yeah. so that'll be exciting. Yeah. So the, they're taking all of those, the biggest panels, the ones that happen in the larger hall there, and and moving them to a, essentially a stadium. So yes, you know, logistically, um, I'm like, oh. You're going to have an entire mass group of people at that expo all trying to get themselves to that stadium. But it will be nice to say, okay, maybe it'll be handled where it's like if you have a ticket for whatever, you know you're getting a seat in that place. And it's always it's powerful to be in the room where it happens. Right. That's what we all want is to be there and be present. And it's always struck me as a shame that you could spend the money and buy the tickets and go to the expo and be an attendee there and possibly not actually get into the room for the biggest announcements that you're most excited about. And for, for the expo, it's always been the legends panel, the Disney studios panel, which is when they do all their films and all their things and the, um, the parks panel. So those are the three three big ones. One is there's one every day. That's the toughest to get to. And the way it was now is you could spend an entire day waiting in line to get into that one panel. And that's all you do that day. So with this system, maybe there'll be a little bit better chance for that. Yeah. I think it's going to help a lot. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'm going, so I'm excited to see, uh, you have to what go. that's going to be like, yeah. Anybody uh, who's a Disney fan, you got to go at least once try it. It's, it's, it's like our, you know, I don't know. It's, it's our Mecca, right? Like, <laughs> everything we love is under one roof. It's pretty cool. And it's at Disneyland. Um, yeah. so it's a good excuse if you've never been to Disneyland to go and see that. Exactly. As well. Exactly. And yeah, having it now in August, it's more summer. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. glad. Joanna's going to be able to join me this time because it was oh, the school nice. year last time and she couldn't. True. That means Maggie could come too. So I'm very, I'm very happy about that. Very cool. Um, so, uh, so that's, that's really our, our, our big summary. Uh, it took more time than I thought it would, but there was really, that just goes to show how much there was. And yeah. I, I didn't even talk about, I talked about the two showcases, mm-hmm. nothing else related to Destination D23. There was a lot more and yeah. a lot of really fun, like, as a fan, you geek out with these panels, <laughs> voices yeah. of the characters. Um, yeah. I have a couple of reels up, like just, the, it's just, it's just so much fun to go to destination D 23. If you can, um, a big, like Disney fan, um, definitely like camaraderie event. So it's, it's great. 
Serena, I want to make sure people know where to go or to find you. I think it's pretty simple living by Disney, but yep. anything specific you want to plug, <laughs> uh, feel free. Yeah, living by Disney on all social media things, wherever you're at, look me up. And uh, if you want to help stay up to date with Walt Disney World and Orlando, that's what I do. I will be continuing to follow you there and listening to listening to more podcast episodes. But uh, <laughs> Serena, it was great having you on the show. I'm sure I'll have you again on at some point. And uh, so thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. It was, it was such a good time. Welcome back to Imagination Central. I sincerely hope you enjoyed this discussion, and I do want to give a special thank you to Serena from Living by Disney for joining me on this episode and having this conversation and helping to debrief on everything that we learned, which was an extensive list of updates and surprise announcements from the Disney team. Of course, I do want to turn this conversation over to you and hear what you loved most from Destination D23, if you were home, if you live streamed the event, or if you just caught up with updates after the fact, or of course, if you were there in person, I'd love to hear what you enjoyed most from the announcements and from the event itself. You can send me your answers and feedback as always by finding Imagination Skyway on your favorite social media channels. It's probably the best way to connect with the show. I have links to all of those places over at imaginationskyway.com and I've posted this question to a number of those places, especially Instagram and our Facebook group, which are the best ways perhaps to connect with other members of this listener community. If you don't already subscribe to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you're listening on Spotify, not only can you engage with us on social media, but you can also engage directly on the Spotify app. I've posted this question to Spotify. So if you scroll down, you should see that question there. You can submit your answers and see what others have said and how they have responded to this question as well. And if you love the show, I would encourage you to leave us a rating and a review in whatever podcast app you're listening to, which goes a long way to help this show out. Plus, if you would like to get extra content and help support the show, I would encourage you to join us on Patreon or a new place as you can subscribe directly on Instagram. Now, these are two different opportunities to support the show and get extra content. You probably already know about our Patreon app, and I am focusing it a lot more on bonus content related to the podcast itself. So keeping it an extension of the podcast and audio experience, plus a great way to connect with other members of this listener community. We're still going to do our watch parties. We're still going to be doing our weekly Zoom sessions where we just connect and chat and geek out about all things Disney. So those are things are not going to change too much, but I'm going to try to deliver a little bit more audio content for you to really feel like it's an extension of the podcast. Meanwhile, on Instagram, that's going to be more of an opportunity for you to dive into more specifics about my park strategies. I've already started to post some travel recommendations and even ways that I personally go through the parks, depending on what my objective is for that day, whether it's maximizing the number of attractions that I hit in any given day or beyond 
I have a lot more content that I share and kind of dive even deeper into how I navigate the parks and the resorts so you can get a lot of valuable content there. Plus, I do travel office hours where I answer your questions directly. I'm going to be keeping it as fun and informative as I possibly can. Great ways to support the show. You can learn about both by going to imaginationskyway.com community or directly on the Patreon app to learn about our Patreon membership. And of course, on Instagram, just head to our Instagram page, Imagination Skyway. You'll see information about how to subscribe there. Both you can join and cancel at any time, no strings attached, and they do go a long way to support the show. The last thing I'll say is, of course, this podcast does live on for quite a while, so depending on when you're listening to the show, these specific benefits and content may have changed, so the best way to see what is currently available if you're listening months or years down the line is to just follow us on social media or listen to a more recent podcast episode or go to imaginationskyway.com. Last but not least, I want to encourage you as I always do, to go after your hopes, your dreams, your goals, whatever they might be, to realize that life is too short not to do what you truly love to do, to just go after whatever it is that you are yearning to do in this life that will make you truly happy. Thank you so much for riding aboard Imagination Skyway, and remember, as always, if we can dream it, we can do it. Salty old pirates, eh? <whistles> salty old pirates, salty old pirates, this be the place, this be the place. <whistles> Chart a course through the arches, mateys. It be a short march through the old fortress, past the dungeons to Pirate's Cove. <whistles> pirate's Cove, Pirate's Cove, there be long boats waiting to take you aboard. <whistles> All hands on deck. We sails with the tide, sail with the tide. Oi, ya swabbies! Stand by to repel borders! Repel borders, repel borders. Ah! Don't miss the boat, mateys! <laughs>